Now I'm going to read Psalm 126 and Galatians 6, 7 through 10, and I invite you to stand if you're able as I read aloud. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. And then Galatians 6, beginning in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, here is uh, the law of the harvest. We've been talking about harvest in this uh, sermon series, and it's, it's a three-part uh, statement, and you've heard it over the years before, and this will be a reminder. We always harvest the same as we sow. We harvest more than we sow, and we harvest later than we sow. Those are simple truths that need to be Uh, we need to be reminded of occasionally, we harvest the same as we sow. We don't harvest something different. No farmer plants wheat and expects to harvest corn. Uh, We harvest the same thing, like Brooke told the children. We harvest more than we sow. There's this law of multiplication that works in the spiritual as well as the physical realm. And sometimes we don't like that. I heard a fellow say, uh, when I was a youth, I sowed my wild oats and then I prayed for a crop failure. And there are those times when we sow our wild oats and then we pray that the crops may fail, but there is that law of the harvest. We always harvest more, and we harvest later than we sow. And the thing that is even more basic than what's on the screen uh, is the truth that we cannot harvest if we do not sow. There has to be a planting for there to be a harvest. You know, the, the theme that we've uh, operated under during this stewardship season this fall is the concept of sowing gratitude and reaping the blessings or harvesting the blessings of that. Uh, When I was a boy on the farm, uh, in the early spring, in the late winter, when we would buy seed corn to plant in the spring, uh, we didn't really consider that an expense of farming. We considered that an investment in farming because you can't have a fall harvest if you don't have a spring planting. And that's true about financial giving. And by the way, uh, the context of this scripture in Galatians uh, is about finances because in verse 6, which I did not read, the Apostle Paul is talking about people who need to be faithful in sharing financially with their teachers, the ones in authority over them teaching the word. And so then he goes on and says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, that will also reap, for you reap whatever you sow. Uh, so the context is about finances. 
Um, J.B. Lightfoot was a renowned New Testament scholar of another generation. As he read the book of Galatians, he said that he believed that the besetting sin of the Galatian churches was the besetting sin of stinginess. And that makes sense if you think about it, because the Galatians, many of the Galatian Christians, got hung up on legalism. They thought they could earn their way to heaven. They thought they could earn frequent flyer points with God and earn their way into God's love. And they very proudfully, uh, very pridefully thought uh, that they were good enough to, to merit heaven. And so it, it follows logically, doesn't it? If you think you have to earn God's love, there's no room in your life to give grace to anyone else. You turn to them and say, you earn it too. No grace. But remember last week we talked about sowing gratitude because all of life is grace. We didn't earn it. Sowing gratitude through giving, then we harvest the blessings. And so there is this sense in which the Apostle Paul is saying to stingy Christians, don't be stingy. You reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh selfishness, you'll reap corruption from that selfishness. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life from the Spirit. He was saying, don't be stingy. And what's the opposite of stinginess? The opposite of stinginess is extravagant generosity. I want to show you a a snippet of a poem from one of my favorite uh, authors. His name is Wendell Berry. And I love the title of the poem, Manifesto. The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. Interesting title. Wendell Berry writes a lot of essays, some novels, and a lot of poetry. And here's how the, just a part of the poem reads. So, friends, every day do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant, that you will not harvest. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. In other words, do something simply for the sheer joy of doing it, to give away and to be extravagant and to be generous. The Mad Farmer's Manifesto of Liberation. To live with that kind of reckless generosity instead of a stinginess. That's what Paul is talking about here. But you know, I read this scripture carefully. And I realize Paul is talking about more than giving financially. If you read the scripture carefully, he's talking about more than giving our money. He's talking about giving ourselves. He's talking about a generosity of lifestyle, of giving ourselves to the Lord, not just giving our finances. Because he says, God is not mocked. You reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own selfishness, your flesh, you'll reap corruption corruption from that selfishness. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Eternal life. I want to ask you, in our world today, In our world today, where can you go that anyone else is talking about eternal life? 
Everything in, their, in conversations today seems to be focused on this world, and this world matters. Jesus cared about this world. But where else can you go in our world today where people talk honestly about eternal life? See, the Apostle Paul wanted to put a giving spirit on the larger canvas of eternity. He wanted the Galatians to see that there is an eternal perspective and that to continue to live selfishly brings a harvest uh, of deterioration and decay. That's what that corruption means. That to live in such a way that we would harvest an eternal decaying and deterioration and eternal corruption that the Bible calls hell. To, to go on that road of selfishness on and on and on reaps the harvest of corruption or decay or deterioration of life. But to sow to the Spirit is to reap eternal life. See, Jesus came that we might be able to sow and harvest correctly. I want to share with you a verse that Jesus, uh, the words of Jesus, just before his crucifixion. And I want you to hear the agricultural images in this brief statement of Jesus about why he has to die on the cross. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, that's germination, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Do you hear that continued image of sowing and harvesting? Jesus said, I'm going to die on the cross. They're going to literally bury me in the ground. And my powerful life will germinate and will spring forth into resurrection and it will bear much fruit, and the fruit of Jesus' resurrection is in this room this morning. Every believer who's ever lived, every believer through all of eternity, because of that sowing and harvesting. Now, here's the interesting part. Jesus offers us a faith exchange. We may give him all of our corruption, all of our decaying lostness, and he takes that on himself. And in exchange, he gives us his seed of life so that eternal and abundant life begins to blossom inside us. That's that faith exchange. That's that fruit that he talked about when he died on the cross. And if you don't believe in the power of the seed, then just think about what Jesus said about the seed going into the ground and germinating and bearing fruit. I love the saying that I heard uh, at Baptist World Congress this year um, uh, in uh, Durban, South Africa. I'd heard it before, but not for a long time. Joel Gregory said, Anyone can count the number of seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. Isn't that true? Only God can look at what could be, at the potential, the possibilities. And know that eternal life is going to spring from that. Well, remember those laws of the harvest. 
or the three parts to the law of the harvest. We will always harvest the same as we sow. We'll always harvest more than we sow. But the third one is probably the toughest. We always harvest later than we sow. And you know, if, if you don't have patience, you shouldn't farm. If you don't have patience, you shouldn't garden. Because there is this nervous time from the planting to the harvest. And you begin to wonder sometimes, is it really going to happen? You know, I think that's a little bit of what our imagine-if conversation is about in this season of discernment for our church. We're trying to wait on the harvest and see what it is that God uh, is leading us to. And in this time of germination and waiting, it's always tough. But in your own personal life, too, it's always tough to wait. Lord, I've been faithful, but where are the blessings? Lord, I've, I've tried to be true to you, but where is the vindication for this path? And that's why I think Paul wrote those next words in, in Galatians uh, chapter 6. He said, after he stated that law of the harvest, he said, so let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. Don't grow weary in well-doing. We will harvest at harvest time if we do not give up. And you know the Old Testament version of that is the scripture that I read earlier, the Psalm 126, the last two verses, 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come with shouts of joy carrying their sheaves, bringing their sheaves with them. You know, we used to sing that all the time in church when I was growing up, bringing in the sheaves. Only as children we thought we were singing bringing in the cheese or bringing in the sheets. We thought mom had his clothes on the line and bringing in the sheets makes God happy. I don't know. And then, you know, I finally learned this 126th Psalm, which was one of my mom's favorites, bringing in the sheaves. There is this struggle that we have between seed time and harvest. We grow weary. We grow troubled. We grow doubtful. It's hard to hang in there. It's hard to be faithful. Um, But that 126th Psalm isn't really appreciated unless you have Ag 101. So you're taking a crash course in Ag right now. You know, we did not always harvest our grain with these combines. Uh, I call them mechanical locusts that go through the field and eat the fields. And they're really big now, and they're really expensive. We We didn't always harvest grain that way. For centuries and centuries before uh, motorized vehicles and motorized machines, uh, Farmers would cut the grain, cut the stalks off near the ground. The stalks that were full had full head of grain at the top. They would cut them off near the ground. They would tie them into bundles or into sheaves, and they'd put them in large stacks. And those sheaves, those bundles, it's what the, the psalmist is talking about. He said, you cry sometimes bearing that precious seed because you don't know if anything is going to come of it. You have to wait so long. But we will come again rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. And we get discouraged. 
we get doubtful. We see terrorism everywhere. We see struggles in our own lives. We, we wonder sometimes if our financial giving is really making a difference. But the promise of God is that the Lord of the harvest is in charge. The Lord of the harvest has the last word. And the Lord of the harvest knows the end of the story. And we don't have to be afraid. And we don't have to doubt. One of the stanzas of that great old bringing in the sheaves hymn is going forth with weeping, sowing for the master. Though the loss sustained, our spirit often grieves. When our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Remember the song? Sing the chorus with me. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. It's a beautiful promise. So here's how I think, in my own feeble mind, the Apostle Paul wrote this last chapter of Galatians. He's sitting somewhere at the end of a long day of work, and he's writing to the Galatians, the Christians in modern-day Turkey. And he knows they're discouraged, and he knows they're upset and heartbroken, and they're doubtful. And he's, he's got a dim light and a pen and some parchment. And he's trying to think what to say to them that would encourage them. But he has his own Bible open to Psalm 126. Those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing their sheaves with them. And Paul thought, I've got it. That verse, those two verses in Psalm 126 are for me and for the Galatians. And he quickly wrote these words. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. Amen.